Hi, you're listening to the Sermon Recording Podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. Good to see you. Uh, wish we were meeting in person this weekend as was the original plan, but obviously things have shifted. And as a church, as you've heard us say time and time again, we really want to strive to continue to find ways to be who we are as a church, the, the very DNA of what makes up Awaken. And uh, it, it breaks my heart that I'm not going to get a chance to see a lot of you guys this weekend in that space. I was looking forward to worshiping together with you guys. But at the end of the day, being smart, being wise, and being safe is a key part of kind of how we as the church, and I mean that by the Big C Church, can continue to lead by example. I think for me, my own personal conviction, not speaking for anyone else or other churches, but for me, I always try and think through in these moments, these opportunities, how can we as individuals uh, help be lead, leaders by example? in our culture. And right now, whether it's pertaining to different social injustices, uh, whether it's pertaining to COVID-19, whether it's pertaining to any number of things, I think we have a task put in front of us from Jesus as to how we really lead by example. And I don't do that well every single time. I'll be the first one to admit it, but it's something that I think we as a church are trying to do and to make sure that we don't rush back into something just because we're quote unquote supposed to, but really to honor the very heart of who we are, the church, the people we're trying to walk alongside of, the people that we want to partner with in doing life together. And these are all important parts of kind of how we make decisions. So I hope you understand that. I hope that you're supportive of that. And if you ever have any questions, you want to dialogue through that with any of us, we're here to help. We're going to continue our Love Over Fear series this week, and we've had some great content over the last several weeks into the series, and really it's been an ongoing conversation that, like we talked about before, really started with our Illuminate First John series and really kind of carried those themes of light and love throughout kind of what we felt like our culture needed. And it's very apparent that in the world we live in today, those two things we could always use more of. Um, this week, as I was thinking a lot about what I really was on my heart to share with us. Um, I just was thinking about how often each of us have such unique experiences. Um, you know, we grow up and my experience is different than your experience. We, we have different church backgrounds. We have different family backgrounds, different education backgrounds. Uh, we grow up in different parts of towns or cities or states or countries. And as a result, all these things shift kind of our worldviews and the ways that we view things. And none of them are the same. And not only that, we're then tasked with how we learn to be in classroom settings with each other, both literally and figuratively, like learning from each other educationally as we're growing up as kids, but also just as adults and as human beings, learning from each other in in classroom settings, whether it's in the workplace, a, um, a mom's group, whether it's in a coffee shop with a friend or whether it's, uh, you know, at... at you know, a friend's house. All these things are learning classroom opportunities. We don't call them that, obviously, but they're opportunities for us to learn and grow from each other. And 
And a lot of times in these settings, uh, whether it's an assumed role or whether it's a designated role, there's a teacher. There's someone in the room who also is bringing forth knowledge or information. And that person also has their own unique, unique experiences. And so just thinking through how we learn and how we grow absolutely shapes how we have conversations of love that prevent us from falling into the temptation of being fear-based. And I think that's one of the things I've really been wrestling with the last few weeks personally. Um, and God's just been doing a lot of work in my own heart lately. I was just kind of doing some evaluation of kind of where am I needing to improve? Where am I needing to grow? And uh, the list is long, but I think there's a lot of things for each one of us that as we can kind of take a step back and think through, okay, as I walk through the pain, the suffering, the celebrations, the good things in my life, the hard things in my life, how am I able to communicate where God has me? And I think if we're not able to be honest, it's really hard to step into the conversations that God's calling us to have. And so that's my first conviction. So in fact, the rest of the message for this week, I'm actually just preaching on myself and you guys are just part of the, a part of the process. But honestly, I hope that some of the things maybe God's challenging me with uh, are helpful for you. But um, I think my posture as a, as a, as a human being, not as a pastor, um, not as a, a father, any of those kind of things, just as a person, um, it's hard for me at times to ask for help. It's hard for me at times to uh, be willing when I've uh, failed. It's hard for me to admit that um, I can struggle uh, to find an answer through something. Um, I view these things as weaknesses. And so as someone who has naturally been a leader in most circles I've been in, um, I have struggled my whole life with this curse of what a lot of leaders I would say in my shoes struggle with our natural flesh and tendencies create these pride centered experiences that make it very difficult at times for us to have conversations in love because we're worried. I'm worried. Uh, I shouldn't say we, I'm worried that I uh, would say something wrong that I would um, sound uh, uneducated that I would uh, lose your respect for me. Um, these fears end up driving as much of the conversation as really the whole point of us having in the first place was probably something productive and healthy if I'm not careful. And it's something that I'm definitely guilty of and something that I uh, have really been challenged with a lot. There's a, a passage that I've been reading uh, not quite every day, but almost every day. It's something that I've kind of put in a few spots in my life physically to kind of help me um, on my phone, on my computer, um, and, and just different ways of kind of reminding myself of it. Um, it's a pretty well-known passage. It's from uh, the book of Psalms. So I want to read this with you together. It's from Psalm 145, verse 8. Uh, the psalmist says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. And I love this passage because there's each key part of this for me as I think through the context of our world today and, and where we're at as a society, whether it's COVID, whether it's racial uh, issues, whether it's related to injustices, um, whether it's an understanding how to learn from each other's experiences, 
Um, politics is going to become more and more of a key thing over the next several months. Um, it's always, there are things in this passage that I think are so fundamental that it requires, at least for me, it requires such intentionality to model it in my own heart and mind before I can ever have a conversation. And I know because in the conversations that I have around any kind of hot topic or hot button issue, if I haven't postured myself ahead of time, like Neil talked about last week, in a way that allows my, my headspace and my heart to really be in line with what the Holy Spirit wants to do, then all those things I just told you and confessed to you that I struggle with, they will be uh, leading the conversation, not um, surrendering uh, in the conversation. And I think it's hard to be gracious. It's hard to be compassionate if our posture is one of being right. It's hard to be slow to anger when we have a defensive posture. And it's hard to have a richness in our love when we're trying to win or we're trying to prove a point and when we're not practicing active listening. And each of these things are things that we are not, all of them, naturally good at. Maybe you're good at one or two of those things, maybe three of those things. I would say all of us struggle with most of them. Um, I struggle with all of them. And there are things that yet I am humbled in these moments because uh, once there's a real invitation um, of the Lord saying to us, hey, I want to meet you in this space and I want to help walk through it with you. Let's strip away all those things that you feel like you have to carry into this conversation, Philip. And instead, let's really focus on what it is that I want to do with I being God. What, what is it that Jesus wants to do in that conversation? What is it that the Holy Spirit wants to do in that conversation? And when I'm able to check my agenda and my pride and my feelings at the door um, in the unhealthy way, and check those things at the door, I find that I'm actually able to be the person that God wants me to be. And it's less attractive than how I would want it to be, but it's more beautiful because in the midst of those broken conversations where there's real honesty, there's real transparency, um, there in those moments is when for me, I experience that richness of love. I experience, um, that slow to anger, that, that relaxed and calming presence that comes from the Lord. Um, I experience grace and I experience compassion, both to me from the Lord ministering to my heart, but also that I'm able to give it to other people. And I, I could think through, you know, my whole life, the last 30 some years of my life, um, where, you know, I've gotten in conversations with people, uh, whether it's about how churches are supposed to handle their communities and services, uh, how I think about things theologically, um, how I view uh, different things in parenting, how I view certain things pertaining to finances, how I view certain things in politics. And I, I can't ever remember a conversation where when I felt like I was being defensive, when I felt like I was trying to win an argument, I was also able to show love and compassion and grace. It's, it's, it's not possible in my experience 
for those things to coexist in my heart. And so I'm not there yet, but it's something that God is absolutely trying to work in me because I want to live and lead uh, a life that creates a legacy around the attributes that I see in this passage from Psalm 145, that my life would be one that people would say is marked by the grace that comes from our Heavenly Father, the compassion of Jesus, um, the, the gentleness of the Spirit. And when put together, uh, uh, equips me to love in a depth and a richness that uh, only can be uh, accredited back to, to God himself. And so I think as we think through this idea of love over fear, and again, it's easy to think through how many polarizing things are happening right now. There's a pandemic. Uh, people understand the pandemic numbers and math differently, the statistics of it differently. You've got people who have different opinions about wearing masks. You've got people who have different opinions about statues, about politics, about uh, how we understand how we treat people that come from different ethnicities, uh, how we understand the systems in which our country is, is operating in, how we understand policies that our government has in place. All these things create the very tension and the very opportunity for there to be negative, divisive conversations. And as a Christ follower, you and I are tasked with the very difficult job of finding ways to bring grace, compassion, gentleness, and love into each and every one of those. And whether it's you and a friend on a front porch, whether it's you and uh, a neighbor whether it's uh, a coworker, a family member, a sibling, a spouse, or you're with your children, these four attributes are things that are absolutely character-defining pieces of the very nature of God, and yet there are things that we so often forget when we're having these conversations. I, I know that I do. And so it's something that I think if we're not careful, and we can't have those honest conversations with ourselves. it's very difficult for us to figure out how we can move forward. Um, I read this quote from Andy Stanley, and it's an older quote, but one that maybe you've heard of it before, but he said, you know, we don't need to know everything to believe in something. And I think the world is excited about believing in something. There's a hope when we can believe in something, even if we don't know it all. And whether you're a natural deconstruction uh, kind of person or a natural believer, uh, a natural doubter, or you just jump all in, wherever you find yourself in that spectrum, I think that, that quote is, is true for me. And I hope it maybe resonates some things for you that you don't need to know everything to believe in something. And don't allow the lack of knowledge of a situation to paralyze you from believing and the love and the goodness that can come from it. The fruit that we see in our lives that comes from the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, all of these attributes are, are virtues that exude out of our lives when we are 
following Jesus well. When we're not following Jesus well, and we're relying on our own power, our own strength, our own ability, we will see these attributes dry up in our life. They will, those, those pieces of fruit will not be evident. And as I've taken a step back and even thought about conversations I've been in over the last few months, uh, years even, but especially the last few months, I don't know that I've been able to say that about myself. And so this Love Over Fear series, and even in the last few weeks as I've kind of been listening to Jeff and Neil and other people as we've been kind of walking through this series, I think there's something really key about our posture that at least the Lord is kind of convicting and challenging me of. Um, we spend so much time, I spend so much time trying to adopt my version of what I want to project and to say that I miss the very best of what God wants to do in some of these moments. And uh, I think the adjustment of our posture allows us to strip away some of these natural flesh tendencies that we fall back into. We've read passages from the Gospel of John in this series a few different times about they will know that we, Jesus was saying that they will know you are my disciples by the way in which you love each other. And it's what absolutely starts within the church, within your community, within your families, within the people that you interact with regularly. And if you can't get it right there, then I promise you it's going to be that much more difficult to do it out in the world where there are people who we don't have the relationships with. And yes, although the people that we oftentimes love the most are the ones that we hurt the most, uh, but it's something where we are able to go back then and say, let's find ways of, of redefining what grace looks like in this. Let's go back and let's show compassion. Let's go back and learn how to be gentle instead of being hostile. And then let's allow those things to create a rich love that can mark our relationship. All those things are ways that I think we can lean into this idea of imitating Jesus so that the world can see something different. It's very easy, natural, and normal for us to default to the things that we see right now. But I would invite you to maybe join me on the journey that I'm on right now of really taking some personal assessments and really figuring out what are ways that I can adjust how I view people, how I view conversations, the manner in which I have them in, and the words that I speak, because words are so powerful. Words create life and words can create death. And I don't want us as believers, as people who are held to a higher standard, to allow our experiences to push people further away from God. I want us to invite people in. And that doesn't mean that you're supposed to be perfect, but it does mean that you can be you. And we together in the process of walking out really who God is causing, calling us to be and transforming us into being will attract people to that vulnerability, that transparency, and point it right back to, to our Heavenly Father. So I want to leave you with a few questions this week to dialogue through. Um, maybe you just want to talk about how uh, vulnerable your crazy pastor was this week, and that's fine too. But hopefully there are some things in this for you. So the first one is, uh, how is your posture towards believers, doubters, and the lost? So each of those three categories, 
people that are within our faith, people maybe that are on the fringe of kind of being in and out, and their arrows are kind of pointing in different directions, uh, twister, you know, spiral, if you will, um, of the arrow, or people that are pointing away from the Lord. What's your posture towards each of these people as you think about that? Number two, where is your heart showing others the rich love of Jesus? Where is your heart showing others the rich love of Jesus? And the last one uh, is an action step for us. Um, you can figure out for you maybe which of the pathways you feel like you need to walk in that helps you through this uh, week's uh, topic. But for me, if you want to walk through it with me, I've really been honing in on this idea of prayer. Uh, I think there's a lot of power to prayer and one that I feel a personal I really just need to push into. And so for me, the action step that I would encourage you to is what adjustments need to be made in your prayer life to shift into becoming more gracious and more compassionate towards others. What adjustments need to be made in your prayer life to shift into becoming more gracious and compassionate towards others. We love you guys. Uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Keep hanging out in your missional communities. I know Zoom fatigue is a real thing, but uh, we love you guys. We wanna see uh, each other interacting, having conversations. We grow and we're transformed in community when we're doing this together. Uh, continue to press in, being honest, being transparent and vulnerable with each other, and finding ways of, of helping each other grow in this process. I'll see you guys soon.